Welcome to the Thousand Greens podcast. I'm your host, Love Goel. Thousand Greens is the social network for members of private golf clubs seeking camaraderie through golf. Golf anywhere, friends everywhere. Today, we quickly check in with founding member and certifiable golf travel nut, Josh Kemp. Josh is in the middle of a one-year marathon to visit 100 courses he has not yet played. While Josh's journey is certainly the envy of many, even those listening to this podcast, I admire his reasons for doing this trek and how he's going about building relationships with the folks he's meeting. He's spending as much time as he possibly can meeting members of Thousand Greens and building new friendships. You can follow Josh's travels online on Instagram at Kemp, K-E-M-P, travels. That's at Kemp Travels. Welcome to the show, Josh. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Long time listener, first time caller, I guess. <laughs> I'm really glad to hear that. Uh, you know, Josh, I love having um, longtime TG folks on the podcast. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and 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 why you like golf? Sure. So in the rest of the world, I'm a horrible golf degenerate. But in this group, I'm slightly above average. So I am a 46-year-old retired IT guy in rural Arkansas. I live in Batesville, spend a lot of time in Little Rock. I still own my business, but I finally quit being a micromanaging control freak and let my team actually run the company. And so now I go and golf. And one of my favorite things to do is just travel. And so I was trying to figure out how to do that. And I, a guy at my club told me about Thousand Greens. So I checked it out and actually tried the forum and put a request out saying, I'm going to be in Atlanta. And a guy named Corey caught me. He was at a pine tree at the time. And we hit it off and we have, we've played in the last two days. We play a lot together. We travel. Uh, so many friendships come out of this group that you play with them once. And the next thing you know, you're all over the country, all over the world, uh, meeting up with them. So that led me to a few experiences and I started growing along there. I, I, I met some other folks along the way. And then the founder's opportunity came up and it was just perfect for me. And it sort of opened the floodgates. It was the right timing when I was free to really travel and engage. And getting in a group of 250 other people who are sharing similar interests and similar enthusiasm for the game and the love they have for sharing the game and the access and privileges they have is just phenomenal. So I have been, I've been really working hard along those lines and, and following that path, just jumping around. And I've always been very driven, very goals focused. And so I realized I was just kind of floating. And so I decided to set goals to kind of keep myself pushing. And the one I set for this year, which is turning out to be a, a little more mature than I expected, is to play 100 new courses. Uh, I've already got quite a few repeats. So that kind of brings us to today. All right. Well, we'll get into, into this uh, task that you've set for yourself. But before we do that, Josh, what's it like to play a round of golf with you these days? Okay. So today I'm an 11-6. That's going to change one way or the other soon. I, my goal is to get to single digits and I got down to 10, one earlier, posted it on my Instagram and it started jacketing up immediately after that. Um, so for me, you know, I'm an intense, self-competitive, pretty driven guy. And that reflected in my golf game. And I was playing with a guy one day and I realized this guy is playing terrible, but he's so much fun to play with. I don't even know what he's scoring. And I had a little talk with myself. And for about three months after that, I would pull up to the course and tell myself, Josh, out loud, like you're going to be the most fun, encouraging person on the course today. And it changed my game and it changed how much fun I was to be around. And so play with me. Um, you're probably going to accidentally see a Michelob Ultra can or two. You're going to hear a whole lot of jokes. Uh, if you don't laugh, you won't hear them. If you encourage me, you will get way more than you want. Uh, I have an 
an odd uh, ability to recall a zillion jokes. I don't know three appropriate ones if that's your bag. So <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna see some bad golf and you're gonna have some fun. You're gonna laugh a lot. You're gonna hear some encouragement about your game. And you know if if we click off, which has been the case with pretty much everybody, you're probably gonna run into me somewhere else, and it's probably gonna create opportunities both directions. I love introducing people. And there are so many cool people I'm meeting and I'm always thinking, okay, you guys tee it up with Jim or, hey, you and Rick Moe are going to have a great time together. You need to check out Lexi when you're down there. And it just kind of turns into this constant connection game. Tell me how you got into golf. Oh, actually, uh, I've been self-employed most of my life. My last employer, 20-something years ago, I uh, went to work for him. And the first week he said, Josh, you play golf. I said, no, sir. Uh, not really interested in it. Never tried it. Doubt that I ever will. He said, well, you're in a client appreciation tournament Saturday. I'd suggest you get started. And man, I fell in love. I went out to Burns Park, which was interestingly enough, a Joe Finger design, which is what club, Pleasant Valley Country Club was. And green fee was good all day. Uh, but the cart fee was only good for 18. So I played every day after work. I would go on Saturdays and I'd go walk 18, ride 18, walk 9 or 18 more. And self-taught everything that you could do the wrong way, I did it. I uh, quit playing golf for about three and a half years, building the business, retained every bad habit and forgot every good one. So I've been rebuilding for the last four years. But it was an odd introduction to it, and I am very grateful to him. It's the most expensive task I've ever been given. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so so that's a great intro. Um, you mentioned earlier that you're you've set a task for yourself. What what is this task that you've set for yourself for 2023? I've got to play 100 courses in one year that I've never played before. And one of the problems is I like hanging out with people and I like playing with people I've played with before and meeting new folks. And I like going back and bringing other new people to meet people I've played with before. So I've already, I think I've played 42 courses this year. I've already had 10 repeats by the middle of April. It's kind of hard to avoid. So, and sometimes I'll go and I'll meet a new person at a course I've already played, but it doesn't count. I see. I see. Well, let me get out the smallest violin in the world for you that you that you've already had <laughs> ten. Movies. Um, all right. So give, give us. You, you mentioned you you've gotten through forty two courses already. Is that right? Yeah, played. I've lost track because I've had a few practice rounds in there and a couple that don't go into gym. Um, I've played somewhere between sixty five and seventy rounds this year so far uh, on forty two courses, thirty two of which are new courses to me. Played in six states and and the U.S. and Mexico so far this year. And one of the things I have learned uh, is I'm just playing so much golf and stuff starts hurting. I mean, when you hit 40, your warranty expires, right? Know that. So now it's just stuff. I'm like, I've got tape hanging off of me. I'm getting grief from my buddies for wearing wool socks. Uh, you, there's just some uh, some changes you have to make in the process when it's day after day after day after day. Uh, I can imagine. Now, hang on. Before we get into these little tips and tricks that you have, why are you doing this? Well, uh, probably a raging case of ADHD and free time. Um, since I was a little kid, some of my big drivers have been freedom of time. And I love spontaneous travel. And my wife says that me and the guys in my peer group from IT basically are just a bunch of big kids and nobody to tell them what to do anymore. And so basically, I get to combine my love of traveling spontaneous travel, which opens up a lot of opportunities with a constant inflow of meeting new people and interesting folks. And so, you know, it, it can be playing an amazing round of golf with somebody new and getting to know them or getting to see another 
15,000 square feet of Manny's basement. There's just an adventure like constantly happening. Any other numbers you want to share with us? You said 42, 10 repeats, 30 some that are new to you. No, yeah, I've been tracking stuff in a spreadsheet. So I'll be getting more, uh, you know, how I do ride versus walk uh, around information, you know, percentage of time playing with caddies, uh, green fees, which are kind of all over the map. I will say the best bargain so far this year has been Beaumont Country Club, Beaumont, Texas. A good dude named John, uh, we become friends, took me out and a round of golf with cart there is $62.50. And it was just a, a fun course with a lot more elevation change than you would expect for Beaumont, Texas, which I hope John's not listening, but I typically refer to as the armpit of Texas. So I should say, those of you who know me will know I have dual citizenship. I'm Texan and American, originally from Fort Worth, Texas. So I've been moving my way north. I've made it to Arkansas and working my way up. Gotcha. <laughs> That's pretty good. Well, all right. So uh, of the places that you visited this year, what's been your favorite What's been the most surprising? Uh, give me, tell me a little bit about some of the places that you've been so far. Man, now this is a spread. So I'm not a, when people ask me what my favorite course is, my answer is always the next one. Uh, but when you look at this year, if you said, okay, tomorrow, I'm going to teleport you to one course you played this year, what would you repeat? It'd be Peachtree. I'm still riding that high. I played it earlier this week. I wasn't expecting it. Um, you know, it's kind of like daily. I, I was the the alternate alternate and, uh, and and ended up getting the lucky break and getting to play it. And, and you talk about a special property. I mean, you pull in and right now they're doing construction. That's a long story. The city's doing a sidewalk. And there's some beef there. Um, if you go in the delivery entrance, there's no sign. I mean, just all of a sudden you're there. You're in the course. And, you know, you just have to see the place. It's one of those special properties. That it's The pictures are incredible. It, it is one of the more or photographable high-end courses. Some of them don't really reflect as well until you're there. The conditioning is incredible. Fairways like I've never seen. Uh, you, I'm a bump and run guy. And Peachtree says, nah, take that elsewhere. We're going to make you flop everything everywhere. So it hurt me a little. Uh, but that was phenomenal. And you, you're there and you just know this is special. This is small. They really take care of you. Uh, but it's not obsequious. It, it's just a golf club and, and hard to beat. The low point was uh, Northwood in Louisiana. I was driving somewhere. I think I was going to Fritos to see, uh, to Lake Charles. And I stopped for a night and just, I pulled up golf now. And there was a, a one next morning, it was 39 bucks. And I had a $10 coupon or whatever. So I thought, I'll try this. I'm, I've got to fill around in. And the interesting thing was you get there and they have the coolest color pamphlet. It's one of the best pieces of literature about a course I've ever seen but it did not match the course. And they said, the people I played with said something about frost got the greens. It looked to me more like a shovel, um, but that would probably be the low end of it. So I was $29 into it and I've overpaid by about 28. Uh, maybe it'll come back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the price for me was my down in West Palm Beach. A really small membership, great conditioning. Uh, Jim Friel and I went down there and we fought the course and the course won. But it was just one of those, wow. I, we thought this was going to be more of a filler round and it turned out to be kind of a standout. Uh, Merido and Dallas, of course, anytime you're with JLP, it's a great hang. But Merido is the course that I love to hate probably more than any. It hurts me so badly. And yet I'm always looking forward to the next round. I see you nodding. Have you been hurt there before? 
I, I have not had a chance to get out to Meridel yet. Oh. It, it's uh, it's definitely on the list, and uh, I, I've just got to second everything you said about history. It's to me probably one of the most underrated golf experiences in the U.S. Um, I you know I, I can't say enough great things about that place. The members are awesome people, and you know it it is a tough tough day because every single approach is elevated and it makes it very hard to hit those little bump and run shots that you're talking about but you, you could play that place every single day and walk off with a smile wanting to walk back to the first tee uh, so I, at the end of last year so this doesn't count but i got to play a course in florida that isn't open yet so i kind of rounded and closed that off in miami by playing mel reese international golf links which is the only muni in miami hmm. and 195 bucks for non-resident in the morning pretty wild but they're supposedly going to be closed next year because David Beckham and some other folks bought the land. They're going to build a soccer stadium and a development. So I got to play one that's closing. Uh, played the Dunes and Cardinal at Diamante and Cabo, which is always fun with Mancini. And then Rick Moe and I took in uh, Quivira at Corencia. Mm-hmm. And you talk about the shots that everybody sees on, on Instagram and everything else. I mean, it was just amazing. Getting the wind just pounding into you and just getting to blast it over the ocean. It was phenomenal. Uh, Memorial Park in Houston is another public one. I haven't done a lot of public this trip, but Raymond chases all the opens and the Houston Open is there. Uh, they just did a big redo and it has a double decker driving range and their hot dog is a hamburger with two hot dogs split open on it. It's very bizarre, <laughs> uh, pretty good. That's funny. Uh, Atlanta Athletic just redid Riverside. That's another one I highly recommend. Um, Highland's always a great play. Uh, D-May and Justin, I mean, you talked to D-May and had him on here, went up to see him at Pinnacle and had the biggest implosion of my life. I had to laugh until jokes all day just so nobody would think about my golf. The, the first tee, if you've ever played there, there's a bar to the left by the, the practice round, uh, practice area, and it's totally unhittable. So I yanked my first drive, bounced it off a tree that's probably behind me, hit the bar, bounced off, hit the cart with a loud noise bounces off hits the railing which is like an exclamation point bounces into the parking lot and it was all downhill from there they were great but it was like i forgot how to play and then i finished up you know i've been a couple times but uh one of the great places you got to go see manny in atlanta and check out the basement and uh he and the family cooked pizzas for us last night so wow what what a what a little adventure you've had so far what are you um <laughs> so one of the things that I, I'm taking away from what you just said is the number of folks from Thousand Greens that you're connecting with on this hundred course adventure. Um, is it your goal to play with someone from Thousand Greens for every round, or are you? Is it just sort of that's the network that you've built and it's sort of incidental? More incidental. I don't have any course lists I chase, but if I had a, an ultimate goal, it would be to play with every founder by the time I'm done. Uh, but it's just such a great the thing is there are great people everywhere in the sport. A self-selected group of founders I've met so far has just been completely over the top great folks. So right now I'm a numbers guy. The odds are so great. I'm going to meet great people. I'm just going to roll the dice until they run out and uh, then keep moving. So usually I'm then introducing other people into founders, putting them together and, uh, there's a lot of folks that I really wish there was a second wave of founder opportunity because there's some folks that really wish they'd had the chance to do it when it was there. All right. Well, Manish, if you're if you're listening to the podcast, there's a, another opportunity to have a second wave of founders. Tell me a little bit about 
what's on the horizon for you? You know, you it sounds like you're just under halfway done. What what are you looking forward to for the rest of the year? Well, I'm starting to get some travel weariness. I'm realizing some of these trips I've said are pretty pretty optimistic. So my next thing that I'm looking forward to came about because my wife has taken my nephew on a World War II trip through a uh, tour through Europe. And she had a couple extra days in Amsterdam at the end and I, my schedule freed up and she said, hey, you want to join us? So I said, sure. So I put out a little note group that anybody got any Amsterdam connections for golf. And so now I'm going to be over there for two or three weeks and I fly out to Dublin and Galen and I are going to go and play at Karn and somewhere around there. I boogie over to Amsterdam grab a few hours sleep, drive three hours to Belgium. I thought I was requesting an Amsterdam, but it's a TG round. I'm really looking forward to that. I've got one other invite in Amsterdam. Uh, Rick Moe just saw the chatter and decided to run over to Europe as well. So we're raising money for his divorce fund now. And so I can't catch him. He's got two days in England. Uh, Slee hit me up about going over to Italy and it's awesome, but it was gonna cost about as much to bounce to Italy for one day as it was for the rest of the trip. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm also, I like to travel on points. I don't think I'm cheap, but all my buddies do. So I'm starting to believe it. Yeah. <laughs> England is expensive or England and, uh, and Italy are expensive. So then I've got, uh, let's see, foreign, I've got Jasper and Bant coming up uh, later this year. And I'm very excited about that. I plan on taking a month long road trip and starting off with Brandon and, uh, and Joe at Prairie Dunes. So I'm going to meet them. And hopefully I'm going to make my way up, maybe catch Bally Mule around that time, try to catch Rock Creek Cattle Company, go up, do Jasper Banff, come down through Washington and Oregon and catch a bunch of the folks, you know, Hecky and, you know, just a whole bunch of those guys, Oren, that, that I've been talking to for a while up there. Uh, so there's going to be like a three and four week road trips. I got Blue Mound coming up. Uh, got a sprinkle Oak Tree National in there. Uh, we've just been trying to get that scheduled. Oh, I'm going to be doing the Pete Dye course for Thick versus Thin. And, uh, you know, you can't tell over the over the Internet, but I am Team Thick solidly. Uh, <laughs> they said they're going to be a, a different way in at the time. And I was uh, dying laughing when they are figuring out who was Team Thick versus Team Thin. And my favorite metric, which we're not using, is if you weigh more in pounds, the number of yards you can hit your four iron, you're Team Thick. And I'm like, yep, I'm in. <laughs> so, so for the listeners that maybe aren't familiar, what what is what is thick versus thin? Uh, so this this uh, group of guys were we chat a lot, and and things get out of hand very quickly. And so somebody made a a derogatory comment about a professional players' current weight. And within about five minutes, there were challenges thrown, and we're somewhere between 16 and 24 of us are congregating at the Pete Dye course with uh, Team Thick and Team Thin, but the fat boys and the skinny boys, and decide who really comes out on top. And I was really hoping to get Fat Perez on my team, and, and he has other obligations, which is a complete shame because that would have been a domination that would have been for the ages. <laughs> but we got some solid guys. Events inspired by Thousand Greens will never uh, will never really understand. Um, okay, so it sounds like you've you've got quite a lot of uh, sort of Midwest and North North the uh, Northish golf coming up soon. You know, help me understand how you're thinking about filling out the rest of your schedule for the year. Yeah, I'm pretty spontaneous, and I'm just getting when when I play. A lot of times, I'll be invited back. A lot of times, I'll come back somebody will say well just stay at my house or here's a friend that, that you need to go meet and so i'll follow those uh that's actually how i met john down in 
in Beaumont because Raymond said, you know, he's like you. Nobody comes to visit. I, get, I never get to host in Little Rock. I'm finally hosting a guy next week, and I'm so excited. In two years, I've had two requests. Which people don't come to Little Rock. So I have, a, you know, I'm going to be part of that uh, Fisher's trip. And so I'm going to be taking two or three weeks for that. And I'm going to be connecting with a lot of the folks in the Northwest or Northeast there. I'm going to be doing Paul and Raymond and I are going to do Marion the day before. And that was a charity thing as well. So I'm pretty excited about that. I've got a lot of invites up there. Uh, last time I was in Philly, I didn't get to do a Ronimic Philly Cricket Salkin or Huntington. So I'm going to get back and do those. Grant, let's go to Scranton. There's, you know, OC and TJ out there. I haven't met TJ yet. OC and I have hung out and played there. And that's one of the prettiest courses I've ever seen. And I've got some up in that area. Uh, I've got some some options potentially for Wingfoot, Wade Hampton. Um, I do have a abandoned trip later this year. Uh, there's a bunch of good spots. So I tend to travel to a single spot and play a lot. So Dallas, I'm from there originally, but moved away when I was younger and I met a lot of people there. Uh, in fact, Dallas National is one of the, the high ones on my list there. And it's a real bummer. I got COVID for the first time earlier this year and I was scheduled to play Dallas National. I tested positive the night before. And oh. I met a couple of pros at, at Merido and I was practicing and I watched them. I could tell they were pros. And I said, guys, y- y'all are making a rookie mistake. And they looked at me and it's like, what? Like you're hitting the center of the face. Never do that. It destroys the retail value. And so we hit it off and we chatted for a good while. And so anyway, one of them was going to come play national with me and David. And I was so bummed. It was my first round of Dallas National, my first round with a pro. Um, but what will happen is usually I leave open-ended on the trip. So I'm, I got a buddy I got to go see at Congressional. So when I do that, I'll reach out to other folks in the area. And I mean, D.C. is so close to everything that, well, for perspective, I went to Atlanta one time on a one-day golf trip for a tournament at Sugarloaf and came home three weeks later. So you just never know with me. As, as my buddies say, don't threaten Josh with a good time. One thing that I would encourage people about is, and I've got some buddies, and I won't name them, but they'll know who they are, that have played a lot of the top courses in the world. And they get really hung up on a lot of architectural details and you know where things rank and so on. And I, I get that. But I really wish folks could just step back and just kind of relook at it. My eyes, I'm so new to this world, and I'm, I'm just constantly, holy mackerel, they let me in again. This is great. And, and just going after people and just having fun being there and enjoying the experience has just led to the same results as people that chase the good courses, but they're missing all those great experiences and friendships along the way, in, in my opinion. Uh, so to me, this sport's all about people. And what's so great about it is it is self-competitive. If you have good pace of play, you can play with anybody. Like Tiger and I could go out. I could have a, a round where I shoot 150 and lose 80 balls. But as long as I keep up, we can play together. But if you have me play tennis with Serena Williams, you're going to have two deeply unhappy people. So my nephew, I just got playing golf. I'm like, dude, there's two things. Keep up and do not put negative energy out there on the course. And if you do those things, nobody cares about your problems. Get that out of your head. Everybody has their own problems. They care about themselves, their game, and having fun. It's, it's the Maya Angelou quote. People won't remember what you said. They won't remember what you did, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. And if you just follow that little philosophy, then golf is a heck of a game. Love it. I love it. Well, Josh, thank you so much for your time. Sincerely appreciate your thoughts. Hey, I had a blast. Thanks for having me on. I love listening to the podcast.